Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Feel Better with Tara Styles. I'm Tara Styles. Welcome to the show. Yay. All right. Today, I'm excited to share with you a friend in wellness, Trisha Huffman. She's written a fantastic book called F the Shoulds, Do the Once. And this is really about a word, removing the word should from your life, but it's really about removing the energy of doubt, of judgment from yourself and really from everyone around you. So it's super powerful stuff. And I read her book, kind of breezed through it, and it hit me over the head (laughs) kind of at the same time. So I hope you enjoy this lovely conversation with my friend, Trisha Huffman, and let me know what you think. All right, my friend Trisha, you have a beautiful book, F the Shoulds and Do the Once. And I have to say, I've known you, you know, here and there for a little bit, and you always bring me so much joy as you do, I'm sure, to so many people. But this book is kind of hit me in a way of I notice, and I'm sure all of your readers will notice how often we say the word should. And I know you explained so well in here. It's not just the word, it's the energy. And I'm going through it and I feel like this is an accountability thing for me. So do you mind to share a little bit of of this should world and how it came about for you and how it feels, you know, bringing it into the world for all of us to look at our own, oh my goodness, stuff? (laughs) Yeah, I'm getting emotional. Thank you um, for like that. It's like the message is getting to you um, because I I definitely like I'm like, okay, I wrote this. I've been talking about this for 10 years and I just wrote a 16 chapter book telling you how powerful this one, one, one word shift is. Will people just even try to think about it? You know, like I feel like it's so often a focus on what else can we do and do and do. And they're like, I'm just giving you one word here which when I took this on, I had no clue. And what happened was I thought I was living, I was, I didn't think, like it wasn't a lie. I was living my best 
freaking life. I had wanted to become a live sound engineer, which I didn't even know what it was. I just loved music and went to concerts. And people would be like, are you having fun, Trisha? Because I would be so into it and be like, I think the guitar is a little loud in this. And I wasn't like musically inclined or anything. I just loved it. And so I was like, I want to be those people controlling it. And I, I made it happen like which stories are in the book about, which is, that's what's also fun. I get to share so many like fun personal stories in here that have messages. But so I made it happen and I was touring the world with icons. Like I, you know, I will name drop Dolly Parton because like that's, at 25 years old, I was a female sound engineer controlling what Dolly Parton heard on stage. Uh, And it's very rare to even have females in that position. So I loved what I did. And I also just traveled the world on my own. Like I really didn't think I was someone who lived a life of shoulds. I was living out my dream life. And my father passed away suddenly and it shook me more than anything I could have ever imagined in my life. And I was about to get on a plane to Australia when that happened. I instead went home for the funeral went that. And then I still flew to Australia to do the tour because I didn't know what else to do. And also like I loved my life and my tour family was like my, what felt more of like my family. I love my family, but like they got me more. So I went on tour and I just was so emotional. And I also just like wanted to shake people because I felt like everywhere I went, including, you know, the people who were living out their biggest dream, like they were the ones on stage singing their songs to people around the world with adoring fans and had everything that still just people seemed so miserable in their lives and I just wanted to shake people. I'm like, you could die tomorrow. My dad's death was an accident and it really shook me. Uh, you know, we hear that, like, you could be hit by a bus tomorrow. But like, it was, he didn't get hit by a bus, but like, <laughs> you know, like it was real. And um, anyway, I just couldn't, I was sobbing behind my sound console. I was, I just finally was like, I can't do this anymore. And I didn't say like, oh, let me take a couple of weeks off and I'll come back for this, like the summer leg. Cause I was booked on that tour for the rest of the year and I had no money cause I would travel on my own and like spend it up, whatever. So I was like ready for this full year of tour and income and, and adventures. And I was like, I'm done with sound. I'm quitting, not this tour. I'm quitting sound. I don't know what I'm going to do, but like, I just need like to quit. And I, you know, I need to figure out something to like wake people up to living their lives while they still have one and enjoying it. And I had no idea what I was going to do. And I just had this internal message that I like was done with the word should. And it made no sense to me because I was like, I don't live a life of shoulds. Like, what is this even about? But I, I stuck to it so much that I like would not let it come out of my mouth. So that's when I got it. How much I didn't think I lived a life of shoulds, but I was leaning on that word, you know, like all day. Oh, I should be, I should get out of bed right now. Should I, I should do yoga. I should be able to get into a handstand already. I've been yo- doing yoga for this many years. You know, what should I eat for breakfast? Mm. Should I go to the farmer's market today or should I stay home? Like these little things that don't feel like they have any impact in that way. Like, right. It's kind of like self-inquiry, but I wouldn't allow myself to say the word because also in conversations, I would stop mid word and I'd be like, what should... I was like, wow, "Wow, if if I'm really going to commit to this, then I need to find a a word to replace this word. I had no idea how much it was in my life. And I tried out some different words and want ended up being what I felt the best choice. And it was such a game changer. 
it doesn't work in all situations, but most of it is. And it really was so confronting and exhilarating at the same time because I had to come then back to me. What do I want? Do I want to do yoga? And then even like, why do I feel like I should be able to get into this pose by now? So it really had me examining all my thoughts, all my beliefs, all my actions in real time just by giving myself this sort of like yield sign of should. Oh my gosh. So this is what, this is so corny. I'm not comfortable saying corny things so much, but I'm just going to (laughs) try. But because it's so, you know, on the other side of corny is really intense and emotional and cool, but your book so far, and just also knowing you and the conversations we've had in the past kind of awoken me to, joy and some of the happier feelings that I'm not used to allowing myself to feel. And I feel like your your should and your story with your father really awoken in me the reason why I share yoga and want to help people feel better and kind of thinking about my own reason for needing that for myself. Maybe I didn't, you know, not too dramatic, but get attention in this kind of way growing up or meet people that were different from me growing up. So I'm, you know, kind of trying to make that happen in my life. And I, I need that in some way. So reading this book and and kind of taking in the story of your father and and the shoulds, is that something that you had kind of in your earlier life already lying there? Because I know you and it seems like you were kind of always into these healing practices, doing them before this realization um, came to you with the shoulds. You know, it seems like you were already on this path from reading the foreword. You were the one helping people connect and and feel better and, and have that kind of sense of meditation community in your other job before. But is this kind of should thing an awakening that, was a part of your past or is it just some new thing that kind of whacked you on the side of the head? Cause it's just, you know, it's getting to me a little bit in a good way. <laughs> so thank you. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. And so I do, I talk about in the introduction. Yeah. I'm like, that's like introduction forward. Yeah. I'm like, what, what part of that book is that? <laughs> Another reason that I was like, I did not think I was someone who lived a life of shoulds because I had, uh, you know, like there's two pivotal moments in my life. The second was my father's death. And then like choosing to actually eliminate the word should. The first was when I was 15 and, um, I was 15. So that just says a lot in general. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, um, but you know, I was really like, angsty in life and also just really like, you know, felt this like urge to both fit in and like, yeah, I want to be accepted. I want to be one of the cool kids, but also like stand out. And just from everything from like, I want boys to like me and be interested in me. And I want, you know, like I wanted to be like, get attention and just fit in. But again, like felt like, but I'm different. It, you know, like that confusion. But I also was dealing with a lot of physical um, pain and sleeplessness that Eventually, when I was 18, I got diagnosed with fibromyalgia, which was a term they were just starting to use. But so I ended up going through like lots of specialists. So I didn't feel great physically in my body. And I also just was very aware of the bullshit of like life. It's again, even though I so wanted to fit in and like sort of this, and I also was like, what are these games that we play? You know, it's like we're wanting people to like us, but then so we're trying to figure out, yeah, what we should be doing in this and what's the new trend and what should I be wearing? It's like... 
And, and just like, at the same time, I was like a part of it. And also like, this is such bullshit. And then also like my parents didn't get along. Uh, I was very aware of how unhappy the adults in my life were too. And it was just like, what is the point of all of this? And I got to a really, a real point where I, I did envision ending my life many times. Uh, and, and one day I really, it was what, honestly, what was going to happen is on this day, I believe it might've been an Easter or a mother's day. My grandmother who never came to our house was going to come over for dinner. And I was going to have to sit at a table with both my parents and my grandma. And that is what like was the last string for me, but I didn't know if I could do that. And so I really like almost ended my life, but I gave myself sort of like, what if, what if you just try some, what if you tried life a different way sort of idea? Like, what if you stopped caring so much about what you, you know, what are the ways you should be? Or, cause I just remember even like I was in higher classes. I was naturally like smart, but I didn't try. And then it was like, well, wait, am I, should I be smart or not? Like these little things of like, do I want to be known for being smart or no? Because I'm friends with these kids and they're the cool kids and they're in these classes. Like that sort of stuff that was causing me so much mental pain. And I couldn't do anything about the physical pain at that time. But I was like, what if I could do something about like that? So I sort of just gave myself this commitment and it wasn't easy. Like I tell the story of it in that introduction of like that actual like moment and what happened. But I basically was kind of like, fine, I'm going to try just actually living my life. And I'm going to really try, <laughs> and it's a continual to this day, showing up to like, right, right, right. What do you think, Trisha? Caring more about what, what I thought, what I wanted, and what I felt rather than what I thought I should be doing to fit in, be accepted, stay in, you know, be invited to the parties, get the guys to like me. And again, it's still a thing to this day. To be honest, I just got tattoos on my hands, and this is part of it. That that is for me is a helpful reminder that I'm not here to fit in. We're not here to fit in. We're meant to be ourselves. And that's like the point of it. So I just at age 41, that was another reminder to me to like, <sighs> come back to you, not what do people think about you? So yeah. So again, like I started sort of being more myself and speaking up and going against the crowd sort of thing when I was 15. So that was the big, I didn't think I lived a life of shoulds that I have from that moment, constantly been trying to come back to what about me rather than we're programmed and what the shoulds have us do is looking outside of ourselves for our answers, for validation, for, you know, all of these things. And we don't realize it. We're unconsciously. What should I do is looking outside of ourselves. What do I want mm. can be more confronting, mm -hmm. but it's like coming back to you because this is your life and mm. you don't know when it's going to end. Wow. We would have been it's such light. good friends in it's high a school. Light, um, <laughs> <laughs> this is this is exactly the kind of conversation and people I I I feel very similar to you in all of those stories in high school, kind of seeking out the answers that we weren't taught in any classes and we weren't taught from our parents. And hopefully now this book is a great resource for young people as well that maybe yes. need to hide it under their bed to hide it from their parents that, you know, feeling that kind of angst as well. But 
it's it's devastating in a way that you didn't have this growing up. You had to create your own blueprint for taking care of yourself because none of us, none of us were, I mean, maybe a few people here and there, maybe one out of every 10 million people <laughs> has been taught some version of actual healthy self-care. But, you know, it's pretty beautiful that you've created this from truly understanding your own past and also seeing how universal it is for everyone. This relates to kids, teenagers, people our age, boys, girls, everybody. This is real mental health care. Yeah. I mean, and I've had uh, like a past neighbor who was in her 60s, you know, like she's just so many people are just so programmed to be thinking of others first. And even like, what should I do? Because like they want to be even I am a loving, caring, compassionate person and I want to be of service. And so that's good. But it says again, like, like also in the book, it's like, it goes obviously into so many different details of how this shows up in our life. But like, so you're showing up with true integrity and able to care for yourself so that you are able to, you know, be the healthiest, focused, present person of you when you are doing those things. But like, is it really necessary for you always to be self-sacrificing? Like it was the small moment where, she had never, she was like ordering pizza for her. Like she had like grown kids and even grandkids. She was like ordering pizza for her family. And she was like, never had thought to like order even like a small personal pizza for herself, what she wanted. Like, it was just like, yeah, my family likes this. Like, oh, it was like a simple call. She was like, oh, you guys got pizza tonight. What did you get? And like, I had gotten some, like, I'm gluten-free. That was a part of my, yeah. Like, so I have gotten into like health and wellness from trying to heal my fibromyalgia because I had to, I had to, I wanted to live my life. So I also, it, it helped me show up for my life and the choices I made. So then I was taking better care of my body and mind because I wanted to be alive. Like I chose to live at 15 and so then continually every day. So like self-care became a natural part of my life so that I could show up for the life and the things that I wanted to do. But anyway, so she was like, because I'm gluten-free, I would always end up getting my own like small pizza. And she was like interested in the, wow, I would love to try those toppings. I've never had because my family just likes, you know, pepperoni. And I'm like, oh, well, you could order yourself your own pizza. And she had literally never even thought of that. Mm. Wow. (laughs) She had like never thought to order herself just like a personal pizza with her toppings. Cause it was just like, well, no, my family, like, like those sort of things that I was just like, what, like that, that's so like, again, people are just so used to taking care of others in many cases, instead of thinking, oh, what would make me feel great? What would take, what would make me? And then like you do that thing that takes care of you and then your energy is shifted, Mm. whether it's a personal pizza or just, (laughs) you know, doing anything that you actually want, even if it's like you have to say no to something else or take some time away Mm. from your loved ones, your kids, your family, because you're going to go do this thing. But when you do that thing, you come back filled up, fulfilled, lit up, and they get to Mm. experience you in that way. Whereas so many people are afraid to say no or do their wants because- they have to prioritize everyone else because that's part of who they are. I'm a loving, caring person that shows up for people. And you can be that and take care of yourself first. <laughs> oh, gosh. I I hope this is in schools <laughs> in such a way. I hope you, at some point on your tour, make it through schools with with all of us, schools, schools of life for sure. I, I want to ask you, it's reminding me of something that I see when I lead yoga and 
you do yoga and we've connected with this so many times in so many different ways, but I notice kind of everything about somebody, not by what they can do physically, but how they move. It's sort of just, you notice somebody's movement. And with yoga, the same thing you're talking about with the self-care and the should is so hard for a lot of people to feel in their bodies with yoga. And I'm just wondering if you've had transformation with your physical practice. I've noticed even when I'm doing my best as a as an instructor to, to say and to show, let your breath lift you, I can see the people around the room who are still living in their shoulds. And they're the first ones in the move because they're they're thinking I should be there and now I should be here instead of letting themselves move along with their breath. And then maybe after a few classes or whenever they decide to read your book, <laughs> they move a little bit gentler with themselves and start to accomplish a whole lot more. And I'm wondering, I know it's a big feat of strength to write this book and you're organizing and getting it out in the world, but have you noticed a physical shift with how you feel in yourself, not just from the age 15 to getting into wellness practices, but from the the should transformation and, and beyond? Yeah, I started yoga, I think in 2001, when I was maybe like 21 and I'm 41 now. Yeah. And I definitely, you know, I have gone, I've done it so like all over the world with different teachers and got certified myself and was leading people. And for sure, like I definitely, when I first started blogging, it was like, I I was like, oh my gosh, maybe my first book will be like, you know, a book about just like yoga lessons on the mat. <laughs> like that I was like, every time I was coming away, cause it was like awareness of like seeing like that. Because yeah, like so often with like, especially with the shoulds of like fighting, like I should be able to be, you know, put my leg this, I should be able to touch further down by now. What, you know, like this, I should be able to get into that pose. I shouldn't rest yet. I'm stronger. Or like, you know, like there is like a lot of ways it can show up on the mat in that. Yeah. Over time, it is funny. Cause now I like, especially at, well with the pandemic, but also just life in general, I end up practicing more at home and like, will like then pull up videos and that I love that I mostly do like level one (laughs) (laughs) videos, you know, now and that like, uh, but really that just like, yeah, because I'm like feeling into my body more. And that's sometimes what naturally is, oh, wow, I actually like sometimes even more advanced things that I used to be like, God, like I got to do these poses that now when if those things are like being instructed, then I'm I used to just be like, oh, I don't even want to try. And I'm like, oh, wow. So interesting that my body feels like up for that now. And this like allowance instead of forcing and that, yeah, like the allowing to rest, the allowing to use um, props and that like, yeah, like I it feels so much better to be in the moment with my body in that moment and not how, yeah, we can get so caught up in just the shoulds when you're in yoga where you're meant to be connecting with your breath and your body. But yeah, like this, just like coming home to yourself continually is also the practice of like switching from should to one, but yeah, like feeling it on the mat for sure. Oh my gosh, I love it. It's time that we stop flushing our forests. It's estimated that Americans flush over 10 million trees worth of toilet paper every year. 
And if you're using the conventional TP that comes wrapped in single-use plastic, odds are you're using tissue that is cutting down trees from North American old-growth forests. We can stop this with Real Paper, available online and now in most Target stores nationwide. Real Paper uses fast-growing bamboo instead of virgin tree fibers. This helps avoid problems like soil erosion, habitat loss, and most importantly, the massive release of stored carbon. I love how easy Real makes it to feel better and do better. I'm psyched. You can use the code Terra30 at realpaper.com slash Terra for 30% off your order. We've been using Real for a few years now and absolutely love it. No more flushing our forests. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Right. Another corny topic. I guess not corny, but I have to selfishly ask for myself because I'm learning from you so much. But how are you bringing this into raising your little ones? And I saw some videos online. They're so happy and proud of you and connected and living in their their true selves already. And, you know, obviously there's a lot to learn because you're doing a lot right. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, yeah, we'll see there. Uh four, almost five and six and a half, like right now. And um, it was interesting. I have a friend that I met freshman year of college. Well, I have several, but like one, like, so we go back from 18 and she was in town this weekend and she was like, your girls, um, she was like, you know, yeah, so many kids are amazing, but like your girls are like such, they're really like mini Trisha's. And I was like, well, what do you mean? Like, she was like, they're just like, so themselves. And so like, you know, I don't, the way that she expressed it was really touching. And I was like, oh yeah, like, because I don't like, I think too, because of my experience of, of like growing up and feeling like I also grew up in this space where even though like we had money, it felt like we didn't and we weren't enough and we don't have this. It's like, and it's so interesting because I look back and I'm like, I feel like I had Nike shoes at house with a pool. Like we weren't like super rich, but you know, and, and probably living beyond our means to be honest, but at the same, like, it was like, but why? Like, it felt like this pressure of like, we're behind, we're not enough like this. So like, I think that very much was ingrained in me in many ways. And I have like lots of like money stuff from that as well. Like from that mindset of like black, but, um, to my kids of like, just even again, seeing like these adults or just like not teaching them to live the should. So like, I give them even like more like questions. Oh, well, why? Well, okay. And you can do that. And, and they already are aware of the word should. And they're like, mom, why is that should a bad word? Like, I don't understand. Like they'll come home, like mom, like F the shoulds. If you can see, I, um, there are certain words that are part of my regular language and they're like, well, that's a bad word. I was like, yeah, don't say those words around <laughs> your teachers. But like to them, like should is a bad word. Mm. I love that. <laughs> and so they will be like, oh, like Zia has already gotten over it. So she's the older one. Arrow's now starting to use the word should a lot. I think it just comes from it. And so I just like help them reframe it. So like, it's even just like, mom, what should I color? Or should I do this or that? And I'll be like, 
Okay. So what do you want? What would feel? And like, I understand that they are wanting suggestions from me, obviously in direction, but that I'm constantly already guiding them back to them. Well, like to help them make their choices. Like, what should I color? I don't, you know, you know, you should do this or whatever. And I'm like, well, hey, like that does doesn't feel good to tell somebody I should. So like, what if you just sit, like, I'm already teaching them the lessons of the book and just again, like bringing it back to them. Like, well, what would feel good for you to color? What would, why would you want to make that choice? And just, that is the, also the book is a lot of like, just asking yourself questions, questioning your thoughts. Why am I doing that? Is that really what I want to believe? Because I'll say we're like, we're programmed to judge ourselves and I will still catch myself and like my own judgments of myself and just being able to ask myself, is that what I want to believe is so freeing? Because it's like, it's so ingrained in me, like body image stuff. You know, I can look at my reflection right now and be like, oh, look at what my face looks a little like, you know, want to go into programming of, oh gosh, you don't look good enough a lot of the not enough. And then be like, is that really what I want to believe? Like, that's kind of like, oh, that sucks. So without even answering the question that, so I'm giving them already questioning them about their stuff. And yeah, like allowing themselves to be themselves and do what brings them joy. And, and I, you know, it's going to be interesting as they grow older, but I think from my own painful experiences that I'm just going to do everything I can to nurture them and to not shit on them at all. And for what they should do. And, you know, how they should act, but I come to them with just like trying to give them understanding and compassion. So when they even like get upset about something, oh, well, why do, why do you feel, what, what happened? Can you tell me mm-hmm. how you feel? Like, and try to just explain things to them and allow them to explain things to get clearer and not just like to jump to these conclusions. Mm. So good. I love that expression. That helps. That's amazing. I don't want to should on them. <laughs> it's so good. It's so, I mean, this is, so healing as well, which is all of our quests as caregivers. We want to not pass on the the crap that happened to us and make things better. And I, I, I think a lot of people relate to your story of parents having a little and feeling like it's not enough. That's kind of everywhere. I mean, I see my immediate friends doing that as well, having a little bit of success and, you know, with social media that we have now, oh, should I silly things like, should I be buying that thing that my friends have? I don't, I don't even care about having clothes and stuff like that, but I see friends doing it and and it makes me think, but, but also I love that I have this resource now that I don't want that. I want other things. (laughs) I want to be in my canoe. (laughs) Exactly. It's like our brains and and a lot of the book, I'm constantly coming back to like, Hey, like, yeah, you're going to have these thoughts. You're going to have judgments. You're going to have comparison that's part of our wiring and it's okay. So to come back and ask yourself like, well, what is going on there? And treat yourself compassion and not like, too, I think that there's this myth of like, you're going to get to this magical place mm. where you are like a perfect human and you will never have a judgmental thought and you will never feel lacking and you will never feel comparison. And so then you have failed and like we end up piling shitty feelings on top of shitty feelings. I'm like pausing every time because I'm like, I don't know if I'm allowed to curse. And then I'm like, <laughs> it's okay. Do what, like, <laughs> do what you want to do. Yeah. <laughs> but that is like, you know, we do. It's like, so then we have a feeling, we have a judgment. We feel like we're judging someone else or ourselves, whatever. We feel this comparison. I can't believe they got that, whatever it is. And then we feel shame or we feel bad. So then we're like beating ourselves up for the thing instead of like, oh, again, questioning it. Well, why do I feel that way? Why do I think that? And then be like, well, do I even want that? No, 
would that even fit for me? No, that looks exhausting to me. And like, and also being able to turn comparison into like celebration has been a great tool for me too. When I see somebody and be like, oh, I want that opportunity. How come they get all these speaking this? How about, and I'll be like, it gives me again to come back to from what I'm feeling to, well, if you want to have these speaking opportunities, what have you been doing about it? Have you ever even pitched yourself as a speaker? Have you? <laughs> No, like, you know, like, like uh, why is she getting these things? And I was like, how come someone hasn't discovered me just sitting here waiting to be discovered without saying, by the way, like, you know, these things, but also you might be doing the work and like, how are they getting it? But again, seeing like, wow, if that's possible for them, then it's possible for me too. Because also we know the cycles of the world, they get sick of, they need new people. They need fresh faces. So like, Wow, that person's got it now. That means it's possible for me. Maybe I'm next month, next year is like person, like stuff like that. Like, you know, it's again from coming, like, why am I having these thoughts? What is it that I want? And like, and then get yourself into action. <laughs> Maybe I'm going to uh, send a couple emails today about <laughs> how I would like to be a speaker. There you go. <laughs> and or go into celebration or both. <laughs> but like, yeah, it's just like, it's such a great way. And that's why I was saying like focusing on the word itself, but then I gave up the word back in 2004, but yet I feel the weight of it every day because it's hiding underneath all of these feelings. So for me, it's just even when I feel like this off or anxiousness or whatever energy in my body, I can be like, oh, what's going on? Oh, I got that text message earlier. And now I'm walking around thinking that like, they meant this or they don't care or like they should have written this. Like, it's just like, I can relate everything back to like, now I'm able to feel into my body and then be like, what is, wait, what happened? Oh. And like get clear with myself. So it's constantly like, has me like facing myself and what's going on and also giving myself compassion that also like, yes, yeah, some days you just don't feel as good and that's okay. And how can I nurture myself? How can oh. I take care of myself? So good. It, you know, it reminds me of all the conversations we've had and just even looking at your social and how all of this reminds me that when you listen to yourself and follow through with the, you know, taking the should out, you get exactly what you want and it's completely unique to everybody else. And when we all do that, we heal. And, and it also reminds me of just a simple practice. I mean, I always feel with yoga, softness is the action of making it possible, but it's the hardest thing to do because we're all rigid and thinking and about a million things. But whenever you have this technology of getting rid of the shoulds and whenever you have the technology of softness, you can remember a little bit, oh, I'm doing it again. Now I can come back. And we have that framework for meditation. I mean, any great meditation teacher always says, yeah, I'm thinking about dinner and the laundry and the kids and whatever. But when you start to meditate a little bit, you can notice I'm thinking again, let me see if I can reel myself back in. So I think it's so liberating what you just said. It doesn't make the thoughts go away, but it allows you to bring yourself back. And that's hugely powerful. I mean, it's kind of in a way, meditation in actual action off the floor that helps you do the things that you want. <laughs> is that is that your yeah. intention? <laughs> no, totally. And I love your word softness because that like I will, you know, like sort of often try to describe like the energy of should is like can feel like tight and your shoulders are crunched in and like and and then yeah, when you come to want that it's like shoulders <sighs> back and like yeah, you're like more grounding your body. It is a total like yeah, you're softening. 
And so that, you know, too, it might be when I, like I said, when I notice things in my body and then I'll be like, oh, what's going on? Oh, right. Because I'm feeling behind. I'm comparisoning myself to this. I am making up a story because somebody replied just K to a text message. And I'm trying to figure out what that means. Cause like, <laughs> like whatever that thing's that it's like, yeah, when I can feel like this tightness in my body, then it has me come back to like coming into softness or what can I do to that? And yeah, when, you know, like I said, I've been talking about this idea of taking the shoulds out and swapping it for once for, for so long. And I think at one time I wrote an article for someone that was like how this one thing made me the most mindful person I know. And I was like, Ooh, that's a bit like, that's a big statement, Trisha. Whoa. But it is the truth. Like it really has me be so self-aware in the moment. And that again, because of this small word that now, because I've been so focused that it has me like focused on my energy and my feelings. And I'm like, huh, what's going on? And that's why the subtitle is get clear on who you are, what you want and why you want it. But I feel like it could be misleading as if it's this one thing or even F the shoulds do the once is like, what is this want that you want in your life? But no, it's in the moment. It's in the moment. Who are you? What do I want right now? And why do I want? Because also we can shut on ourselves from things that we said even yesterday that like we wanted or, you know, like these past versions, we can hold ourselves prisoner of what a past version of us thought we wanted. Oh yeah. Shoulda, woulda, coulda. All right. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Oh, but we're not saying it. We're not saying shoulds. No more shoulds. Oh my gosh. I, I love it. So everybody needs to read the book, but before we read or maybe during when we read, what can we do? I'm, I'm, I'm imagining you right now on stage, talking to everybody, the five-minute takeaway, we're all leaning in and you're telling us, what do we do right now? The spotlight is on you. I'm manifesting. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Yeah. So, I mean, the main takeaway again is focusing on looking at your language and like, what are you using the word should? And even when you're reading stuff, just like noticing how many shoulds are coming at you. But if, yeah, if I was like one takeaway and you hadn't read the book yet, it would just be to start to ask yourself, what do I want? Mm. And in something again, like if you're focusing on different things is also then to like, what do, do I, what do I want to believe? Or do I want to believe that? Because so often we do have the doubts, fears, shame, guilt, like all of these thoughts that come up that will be a, you'll be able to tune more into once you focus on the shoulds to see, oh, wow, this is related to that or this. But then to be like, do I want to believe that? What do I want to believe? I don't know if I did great as my five minute spotlight. Thanks for the, thanks for the nudge to get me <laughs> dialed in. <laughs> I'm like really like, all right, yeah, I gotta pitch myself. What? <laughs> That's it. We just do it right now. I love it. I mean that that whole what do I want? It's so universal. From what do I want to eat right now to what do I want to do with my life? You know, the little questions, the big questions, and I think what you're teaching us so much, and what I'm what I've gotten from your book is those little answers lead to the big answers as well. If I can really decide what I want to eat right now, not what should I eat or what should I be doing with this 30 minutes of my time, that will help me make those bigger life decisions as well. Exactly. Because we just get so much more tuned in and it like comes together. So yeah, when it's like, what do I want? It's not like, 
figuring out your entire life for the rest of your life right now. Cause also we're constantly evolving and changing and shifting. And so giving yourself permission to that, but yeah, like, what do I want today? What do I, you know, what do I want right now? What do I want from this podcast? You know, like, it's, yeah, like, oh, you're about to send an email. What is, what is the want that you want from it? Like it's even, or how do I want to feel is that, but like, but yeah, like coming back to yourself instead of, again, the should energy is like, you're, you're framing it in a certain way of what you think people expect of you and also what you have been learned to expect from things. So beautiful. Well, I really wanted to see you <laughs> and I really wanted to thank you for writing this book and putting me on another good path of coming back to something very useful, which is F the shoulds, do the ones. My goodness. Thank you so much. And we can we can buy your book everywhere, I'm assuming, right? In all the, the book places online and in person. And is there anything else to share about the book and, and how to find you? It'll be all in the notes and everything, but... Yeah. So yeah, it's available online anywhere and hopefully, yeah, like... Uh, in most of your bookstores. And if you can't find it requested, I know for sure Barnes and Noble, like, you know, I think most Barnes and Nobles are carrying it. But um, yeah, hopefully soon you can be able to like find it on the airport. Mm. Shut, like that's like the dream, right? Being in the airport, like in their little sections. But yeah, for now, if you go to ftheshouldsdothewants.com and I have links to all the places, but yeah, wherever you normally buy books. And yeah, my main social is underscore Trisha Huffman <laughs> at underscore Trisha Huffman. <laughs> I love it. And I'm so grateful for you and, um, yeah, spending time with you. And like, yeah, like I always say that I like first fell in love with you because you were using the phrase of what was it like? Make your own rules. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And that's like, that's F the shoulds do the ones like, yeah, like we can make our own rules at any time we're allowed. And that's a big thing too. There's a whole chapter on Mm -hmm. I am allowed. And that's also what the switching from should to want did for me. It was this constant like, oh, I'm allowed. I'm allowed to wear this thing, even if it's mm. like not flattering. I'm allowed to say no. I'm allowed to change my mind. And that is such a freeing, fun feeling that goes with like, yeah, make your own rules. You're allowed. This mm. is your life, your life. I love it. Something I've also learned from you and this work is when you do it, you help everyone else around you naturally, whether it's children or other grown-ups feeling empowered. Oh, if she's going to wear that, she feels good. I'm going to wear what I want to wear. I'm going to do what I want to do, be who I want to be. And it's definitely a a healing ripple effect. Totally. And it's so funny that we can like go first into judgment. Oh no, what will people think of me if I, you know, wear this bright mismatched outfit or whatever the thing is. And normally, so we're judging ourselves for it, but normally it's like, I get so much joy. Yeah. When I see somebody with like a bold outfit and yeah, it's like, oh yeah, I want that. Or when, you know, when you see somebody like singing out loud in their car and they're like, so into it, it's like somebody like, oh gosh, I don't want to be seen. I'm embarrassing. But (laughs) when I see people do that, I'm like, yes, I want that. So we act like we judge ourselves and keep ourselves from doing these things that feel good to us, but really it empowers others and inspires them. And the people that are judging you, like, that's like, that's not your, like, that's not for you to take on. That's them with their shoulds and unhappiness. And like, so empower those people too, to start like, you know, how fun would it be if there were just more people being themselves out in the world? There wouldn't be space for that, for those like judgers. (laughs) It would would squash us all from, from judging ourselves. I noticed that we were just in New York and pushing Daisy and her 
stroller that her feet touch the ground, but she just still wants to be in it. But she it. she was singing really loudly, Let It Go from Frozen, which is kind of perfect for all of us grownups to let it go. And I would say about 80% of the people smiled because it was really loud. You could hear across the street and everything. And a few people were too busy for that. They crossed the street or on their phone. And I related to both, I have to say. And I think it was kind of a cool experience to see my own self of when I'm in the mindset for somebody else expressing themselves and when I'm not. And when I'm not, I know that I'm not taking good care of myself. So it had me have a little bit of compassion for Mm. all those annoying, judgy people not liking my beautiful child (laughs) as well. So thank you for that. Yeah. And that's like, yeah, compassion is like, I feel like my biggest superpower. And I feel like I have so much more compassion to others because I have like radical compassion for myself. And it is like, again, because I'm so clear with, these are not like the judgments, doubts, fears, all of those things, shame, guilt that are a part of like our makeup in our mind. That's not my fault. Like that's our makeup. So constantly like, oh, what's happening? What are you feeling? Okay, I'm meeting myself with compassion. And then that I am aware that everyone out on this earth is dealing with all of that too. And they might not be aware of it. And so like, yeah, being able to like have compassion and not like, oh, I have to fix everybody or tell them these things. But just like, yep, they're really in it. (laughs) And just hold that space for them without taking it on or being like, I can't believe that they looked at me like that. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're all in it all the time, but thank you so much. I'm so excited to finish. I'm about halfway through now, but this is going to be one that I go back and go back and go back and go back and knock myself on the head. So thank you so much. No, and it's like that too. Like I wrote it in a certain order, but like for sure, it's like, oh, I'm struggling with shame and should haves. Let me go to that chapter. Or, oh, like I'm feel- catching myself in a judgment that it's definitely like, I can see it can be a place where you just like pop in and out too. Mm. Mm, yeah, so good. Yeah, I love even the format of it with the, there's bold things you can kind of pull in and little teachable moments. <laughs> I love those. So thank you so much. <laughs> this Yay, book is amazing. You're welcome. I'm so, I'm so grateful for you and your time and that you're actually reading it. And of course, it. <laughs> of course. No, thank you so much. Of course, I'm actually reading it. I'm a good, I'm a good student. I think I learned that growing up, but you know, it really helped me to learn not just how to learn, but to learn the stuff that is really important. And this is really important. I hope so many people read it and and gain from it and the ripple effect is real. So thank you so much. You're amazing. All right, friends, that was pretty powerful stuff. Give us all a moment to take that in a little bit. I thought we could do some practice here to get into ourselves, connect, notice how we feel, and find out what we want in this moment. Let yourself be comfortable here. Let yourself really move around how it feels nice for you. Soften your whole self. Notice your breath moving you. We'll roll through a few simple questions. Who am I? 
What do I want? What do I want today? What do I want out of my whole life? How can I serve? Who am I? How do I feel right now? What do I want today? What do I want to feel today? What do I want to feel in my life? What do I want to do today? What do I want to experience in my life? How can I serve? Take a big inhale. Long exhale. Let everything go. Hope you feel connected, at ease, empowered, something good, something useful, a little bit better, a lot better. Let me know how it goes and see you soon. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, Hello Fresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 